Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life podcast. Before we get started, as always, if you wouldn't mind taking just two moments of your time to leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. I would truly appreciate it because that helps others just like yourselves discover the great content and the incredible guests that we provide here. If you enjoy the podcast and you would like to get more podcast related content, please follow me at Trey Kaufman, T-R-E-Y-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N on Instagram, and you can find the Mosaic Life podcast on Facebook. And if you're looking for all of the show notes from individual episodes, you can find those at themosaiclifepodcast.com. My guest today is Kristen Kurtz, and she is truly the embodiment of self-care in a way that is done through introspection and meditation and really understanding what it is her body needs. And I met Kristen thanks to Amber Trueblood, who has just been absolutely phenomenal in introducing me to all these incredible women. And I'm so thankful for her kindness and generosity toward both myself and the podcast. So thank you, Amber. Today, Kristen and I talk about the work she's done on herself throughout the pandemic and the breakthroughs that she's had and how she's leveraging those breakthroughs to help those in her programs. We also talk about her battle with anxiety and how it crippled her for an entire year of her life and what she's doing to make sure she doesn't find herself in that situation again. And of course, how she's helping others show up in their lives so they don't face the same issues that she did. Kristen Kurtz has worked in the wellness industry for the past 25 years. After graduating college at the University of California at Santa Cruz, she moved to Hawaii where she resided for 15 years. It was on Kauai where she deeply focused on how to heal herself from debilitating back pain and later from anxiety. It is now her mission to help others suffering from stress and anxiety or feeling stuck in life using her simple techniques so you can get what you really want. I'm extremely excited for you to hear my conversation with Kristen as we discuss in this episode. Anxiety itself has become endemic in this country, and there are a lot of ways that we can avoid that in our lives. And Kristen offers practical advice and solutions to make sure that you are living your best and your healthiest life. Without further ado, please welcome my wonderful guest, Kristen Kurtz. Well, how's it going? It's going good. No good. complaints. Do anything fun on this Friday? It's still, is it, it's just barely still morning there, right? Uh, well, it's 12 o'clock, so it's okay. not too, we're kind of midday. And um, I did, I dropped my daughter off at school and then I just took a really nice walk with my dog. That's awesome. And yep, then came home and kind of started my day. But we we have, I don't, I don't want to make you feel too bad, but we have really <laughs> great weather right now it's really uh, funny <laughs> i'm so jealous you know i'm i'm i guess i'm starting to realize i one of the i don't know if i call it a perk or a torture and that I, one of the reasons why i do this podcast is so i can live vicariously through people who live in paradise so that's very much much what this conversation is yes well you're right i mean i think we all have to gather inspiration from each other and be excited for each other and know that we can easily go there in our mind if we can't go there right now in right. our life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, what kind of, what kind of dog do you have? I have a, uh, rescue Brown lab, chocolate lab. Awesome. What's it, what's his name? She's really sweet. Her name is Katie, Katie, which like my it. daughter tried to change it to Violet <laughs> because we came with the name Katie Yeah, and we were like, oh, Katie. Okay. <laughs> people people name but yeah she so it was katie violet for a while and it just it katie stuck we couldn't transition to violet so she's katie oh good good that's awesome well i'm glad that you're having a wonderful morning it is it is quite sunny here as well probably not nearly as warm um but I, you know when the sun's out i'm always happy well and it was interesting i was thinking about the quarry how you said you lived by a quarry yeah. and that that has to be pretty cool it is. It is. I mean, it's it's big enough that you can actually, 
I've got a paddle board. So, I mean, to get from one side to the other, it, you know, it takes a good 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, it's not a small quarry by any means. So it's nice to get out there, swim around. I have, I've made attempts to go out on the paddle board and meditate before early in the morning. But I, as opposed to sitting Indian style, uh, I like to keep my feet in the water and I always get nervous that fish are going to nibble on my toes while I'm trying to meditate. Yeah. So it's not, I know it's kind of like the, the, um, paddle stand up paddle board yoga and yeah. all that stuff. Always a little, it sounds good in theory. And then when you go, go do it, you're like, wait, maybe I should just go sit cross legged in my house. I know. I know. And I, and I, I apologize. I probably should. I don't know if Indian style is politically correct anymore. Cross legged is the better way of, of saying that. So my apologies. Oh, no problem. No yeah. problem. I didn't even catch it. Okay. Well, let's, since we're talking about meditation, let's just talk, let's dig into the topic because that's a, that's a huge part of your life, right? It is. It is. Yeah. So what does your it's practice been, look like? Um, well, my, my practice has transformed over the years and, you know, pre kids and, or I actually only have one child, but pre, you know, pre kid, yeah. I, you know, you, you can kind of dive into things. And I had a more rigorous yoga practice and I was going into a studio and my teacher was very um, traditional in the sense that she went to India every year and was, it was a very traditional yoga practice. Um, and so the meditation looked a lot longer and it was um, just more, not discipline, because I still have a discipline with it, but Today, the practice is really simple. It is just going, you know, grabbing my tea in the morning, going to my yoga mat and closing my eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, it can't be more simple than that. And so sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's not. Um, if I feel, if, if I've been out of meditating for, I haven't done it for a few days, then music, like a, a nice particular meditation music can help get my mind, you know, get my thoughts that I can calm, get back into that calm space. Um, but really I just focus on my breath. I close my eyes and it's about 10 minutes, maybe 20 some yeah. days. Um, it's very simple. That's wonderful. So I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked every single person that I've had on this podcast that has some sort of meditation practice or is even uh, uh, an instructor of the practice. And I expect the same exact answer. And I, I always say I hate wording it this way, but it's the best way that I can. Is there a hack to meditate daily? Because I have every intention of doing so, but I always seem to not be able to carve out 15 or 20 minutes out of my day, which sounds ridiculous because I know I waste more, way more time than that to actually having a daily practice. Yes. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think we all do put pressure on ourselves about that. Um, and so it's funny, maybe once, you know, you lighten up that, that, yeah. that expectation, you might end up meditating every day. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that that, that could be one hack is just sort of lightening up about it. And I had a great, she's actually my cousin and she's a, a life coach as well. And she really had this great thing when I was talking about meditation and she, she flat out owned that it doesn't work for her. You know, yeah. she was just like, it doesn't work for me. So I don't do it. And for her, it's a walk in nature. Yeah. It's other meditative activities. Um, but having said that, if you do desire it, obviously I believe in it. I've had profound insights during meditation, profound. Yeah. I mean, really, really wonderful things have come from meditation. And during the quarantine, I think we had discussed this already. I mean, I meditated like I was meditating all day, practically, just right. because it was such a tool for you to be able to kind of go inside and, and there was so much fear out there that it was just, it's such a nice way to calm yourself. Um, so the other hack, I guess I would say is creating, well, there's two things, creating the space in your home that really is dedicated for that. And right. it does not have to be fancy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive meditated pillows, a whole room, a shrine. I mean, you don't literally 
your mat or a comfortable pillow and a space that's clean, clutter-free, quiet. Right. Um, you know, that's it. it. And then you can expand on it and, and feed that space, make it look better if you decide you want to. But just so a dedicated space for it. Um, and then the second thing would be knowing yourself is, you know, is that something where you could get up in the morning? There are those times that are better for meditation when, you, when things are quiet. And so it's morning or evening kind of when things are slowing down right. sunset or before bed. For me, I'm a morning person. I know I'm going to do it. I'm probably not going to do it at night. And so I, it's, it's just, you, you ask yourself each morning, do I want to meditate? And at least bringing that question in, That's you can good. say yes or no. Yeah. And, and do I want to meditate for three minutes? I mean, you could, you could close your eyes, take a breath and kind of breathe in for two minutes. Well, you, you went into a mini meditation I mean, you did it, you know? And yeah. so there's, I've lightened up with, with that part just because for me, it, feels better. And as I kind of grow older, I just start to lighten up on those expectations I put on myself. And then I find I do it more. That's, that's amazing. Um, I'm glad to, I, I've heard mixed, I guess, advice when it comes to at what point during the day should you meditate? A lot of times I hear the morning, several times I've heard, you know, throughout the day, multiple times, which it sounds like you're kind of a mix between the two. But I mean, if you had if you had to choose, it sounds like it's part of your morning routine that sets you up for the rest of your day. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. definitely, for me, the morning routine. And um, I have, when I was doing one particular time, we can talk about it later because it kind of relates to different topics, but it was 12 o'clock because that was the time I could. If you if you have small kids yeah. and you're there, getting up at five in the morning. I mean, what are you going to do? Get up at four to meditate? Right. I, that would stress me out. Yeah. Um, and so, no, but maybe when they're napping at 12 or however your day pans out, you could do that. And so if 12 in the afternoon works and to, to keep it structured and you're able to do it, then by all means, I, I say go for it at that time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so when we, we talked uh, briefly, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, we, we talked about how important a morning routine is for you. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what your morning routine looks like and how you are using that to, to help other people as well? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of morning routine. And when I say morning, it could be if you're late night. Um, I, you know, my brother's a professional comedian. He oh, awesome. could come home. He could go to sleep at 2, 3 in the morning. Yeah. And so, it, it, again, it doesn't have to be a 5 a.m., a 6 a.m., a 7 a.m. It's whenever you wake up. Yeah. So you're, how do we start your day? Um, there are things you can do that will set you up for the best day, a better day, feeling good, feeling positive, not feeling anxious or anxiety. Um, and then there's things you can do that will contribute to that. You will, you won't feel as good. So my morning routine is, um, like I said, right now it's, it's pretty simple. It's getting up. I get my tea. I go sit down on my yoga mat. I'll meditate, um, for a little bit. I'll sometimes do a little stretching. Sometimes I do a little writing, little free, uh, stream of consciousness journal writing. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I love cards. I love like Oracle cards and stuff like that. Sometimes I'll just play with those, pick a card for the day. Um, and then movement exercise is a big part eating a healthy breakfast, yeah. which again, does not need to be elaborate. Um, so I take some supplements that are good for my body, my 47 year old body. Um, and, and then movement is a big piece to, so I'll always, try my best to get in the ocean or take the dog for a walk or do yoga, something like that. Yeah. And again, time of the routine varies depending on, on my schedule, but it, it's pretty important. It's, it's so important that when I worked in a corporate job, 
I literally went to my boss and just said, can I please work 10 to six rather than nine to five? Because I was in Hawaii at the time and surfing every day, young, no kids. And I, um, he said, yes, that's amazing. He said, yes, I I was selling fitness vacations to people. And so I said to him, if I can't do my fitness and my mindset to go sell this to people, yeah. how am I going to be good at this? And he was like, you're right. Go ahead. That's amazing. I, so many times, especially in the conversations I have on this podcast, you, I, I, it just does not seem like company leadership is that open-minded more times than not. So when I hear that, when I hear a, a leader or a manager or whomever say that they want you to take care of yourself first and foremost, that, that seems like a good situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's a great, pretty significant man in my life, actually, now that we're thinking about it. And he taught me so much about growth because he was um, he was into personal growth himself. And so I think that made him more open when, you know, if you he also taught me to get up the courage to ask for things, because if we don't ask for things, then why are we going to complain when we don't get them right. if we never asked? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And yeah, I, I love, I really love the idea of a strong morning routine. And, and I know so many people get scared of that word routine because they don't want to get, well, they say they don't want to get stuck in a rut. But I, I can't tell you how meaningful having routine has been on my life. And I think a lot of people probably realized that over the last eight months as they're working from home, you know, as they, their lives, their lives have been uprooted and, you know, just trying to take care of everything in a way that both makes sense for their families as well for the, as well as for their employers. And so I myself have been working for myself for the last two and a half years. And so Having that structure, having that routine has been fundamental for me and making sure that I'm, I'm getting my client work done uh, when and how I can. And so many years ago, I, I, I just I tried to build a super solid routine, you know, I wake up around six or seven. I listen to a, a motivational speech or, or a clip on, on Spotify, meditate, take an ice cold shower, make my coffee and just start my day in the best possible way. I've since loosened up on some of those restrictions, but I'm, I still have that routine in place. And so, I mean, if it, for you personally, if you weren't able or if you, you know, for whatever reason are forced to skip a day, uh, does that derail your entire day? Or do you give yourself enough leeway to say, okay, I'm going to make this work no matter, you know, no matter what? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think once you, I mean, we are as humans, we like routine, even yeah. if we, kind of say we don't. I mean, we all do like kind of knowing what's going on. You can see how that in our in our society right now, I mean, there's so much fear because we don't know. We don't know what's going to go on. We don't know what's next. We've been faced with so many so much uncertainty. Yeah. So I think on on a level, I mean, we really need that routine and we love it, but by the same token, once you get the foundation and you start to see the results. Yeah. That's kind of, that's the key. It's, you know, stick with it, be disciplined, show up for yourself, yeah. be kind to yourself by giving yourself these little things. Don't say no, don't say no to yourself, say yes, try to get this going and set yourself up, you know, for success. I've, I've got some things I share with people on just on how to set themselves up for success. They have to love what they're going to be doing for their morning routine, because if they don't, you're not going to stick with it. And that's no fun anyway. So just once you get going and you see the benefits and you know the motivation for why you're doing it, and it's so strong that it can carry you through. Yeah. It is also fine to let yourself, you know, you don't have to do it every day. You're going to go on vacation. You're going to get a new job. Things are going to shift, but you do want to, you do want to try to get back to it. And also once you've established it so much and it feels so good and you're really doing it, not because you have to, but because you want to, and you love your life and what you've created, 
you um, you can even fit it in. Yeah. You know, like there's, I call them those like, you know, those little windows of opportunity. So maybe it wasn't in the morning, but your day panned out and you've got that 20 minutes to go do whatever the tools that you've built up that are in the morning routine um, or they're in your health routine, yeah. then you're able to just go do that in your day. And, you know, you do end up kind of doing some aspect of these things that are these self-care things. It becomes a lifestyle as Absolutely. I'm sure you, you see, you've seen too, you know? Yeah. So yeah. when you, you, when you do get kind of thrown off or the routine gets thrown off, you learn to kind of like, Ooh, I am out of whack. Like, Oh yeah, I haven't really, I started this new job and I've been thrown myself into that. It's been about four days, you know? Oh, now I can see why I'm so stressed or I'm so responsive or I'm yelling at my kids or I'm not has happy with this or, and right. then you kind of get back on. But you've got to establish that first because then you'll it'll come from your own self to find that motivation to kind of keep doing it. Absolutely. I like what you said, um, talking about being out of whack. And I, I think you really have to develop some sort of emotional intel intelligence or self-awareness to be able to understand, you know, when things are out of alignment in your life. Because a lot of times people are just moving through their lives, you know, expecting right now in this very moment, how I feel to be the status quo and that shifting day in and day out. But if you don't really have that strong baseline that you've worked to build or worked to establish, then you're never going to know if things are, are, if this high of excitement that I'm feeling right now is normal, or if this low that I'm, I'm stuck in is, is normal, then you, you just, you're not going to be able to work yourself out to make sure that you're, you're reestablishing that baseline. So I really like how you said, you know, out of whack, just knowing when, when you're feeling that and, you know, what to do in that scenario, I, I think is extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all realizing and, and I, the, not the only positive, there's horrifying things with, you know, the quarantine and COVID, but the, the blessing is that we were forced to slow down yeah. and that just means you can start to look internal a little bit and kind of see these things. It's, it's scary to, to bring up some, some negative things and some things that you don't like about yourself or to have health scares Yeah, and not feel good in your body and, and have these health scares. And, um, I remember you talking on one of the podcasts and, you know, your dad having a panic attack and, yeah. and they thought it was a heart attack. And I mean, these kind of things, these are scary, you know, yeah. they're very, very scary. So it, they're all opportunities for us to make changes and look within and kind of examine our health or our lifestyle. Um, and I think society, we, we are kind of all waking up to that and seeing that we, it's, it's these little things that can improve our life. Yeah. It really is what, what it comes down to. And it's this self-awareness of, looking, looking at ourselves, you know, this emotional intelligence. Absolutely. You know, you've said this to me a couple of times and it's, it's something that I, 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 as I speak with more and more intelligent and inspiring individuals, I hear this phrase over and over again, talking about how you show up. I think that is something that is really important to, to delve into. And I'm going to let you do that but let's just, I, I'm, I'm curious what that means to you. And I think if more of us reflected upon that, well, one, we'd be a lot less divisive because we'd have that self-awareness to know where we are right now. But yeah, I, I just, what is, what is knowing how you're showing up mean to you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I think showing up is, is, is being kind to yourself, doing things that that are scary to you, but that ultimately help you grow and yeah. are for your best self being of service. I mean, that is showing up that's showing up for others, but it also feels good to ourselves and kind of getting out of our own way so that we can, we can, our message is important. We are important. Each individual is important. Each, each, whatever you have to say is important. What I have to say is important. What, you know, my, our family members have to say, ev everyone has important messages 
And, but we get in our own way and we get, we get scared, we get fearful and we get insecure. We get in our own heads and then that disrupts the showing up part. Yeah. And so the way to, you know, the antidote to antidote to that is, is this self-care piece is this self-awareness piece. It's just kind of looking at, at your life, looking at yourself, looking, being, being with yourself and slowing down to do that. And that's why, again, these practices of these morning routines or the things that I have relied on in my life, they are, they're that slowing down and just connecting and going inside. And when you do that, then you are able to show up not only for yourself, but then for others, it's this ripple effect that just brings you, you feel better, you're living your best. And then everyone that you interact with is doing that too. So it's such a win-win. And, and I guess that's what showing up means to me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, I, I hear this quote more often than not, and it's been said on this podcast before. And of course it wasn't by me, so I'm not going to get it right. But you can't, something along the lines of you can't fill another person's cup if your cup isn't full or something like that. I, I butchered that. But uh, the idea is th the same. It's simple. I mean, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can try to take care of others, but you're not going to do it as well as you, you're, you're capable of. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. yeah. I, and it's not a selfish thing to do that. I think people, there's this badge of, you know, oh, I work so hard and I did yes. this and I do that. And I do all this for my kids or for this or my community, but really they are empty and they're what, what ends up happening. You end up getting burnout. You end up possibly having health things. Most likely you will. And then you're resentful. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a, you know, yeah, I just don't think it is. I, I think we're all realizing that that is not the way to be. If we can give a little to ourselves, then we know we have that much more to give to others. Absolutely. Like you said. Yeah. And yeah, you started to say something that, that resonated, you know, talking about wearing a badge of honor and it, it really, I don't know. I, I, I've very, I've been to Canada. That's about it. So I'm not exceptionally cultured in, in world views, but in America, it seems like people wear that badge of honor when they're working 80 to 100 hours a week, you know, bragging about, oh, I worked so much this week, or, you know, I, I'm suffering more than you are. It's people, we have an issue in this culture with bragging about, you know, the, the good things that happen to us and that happen to our lives and, or I guess being fearful of, of being boastful rather. But when we want to brag, we talk about how much we're suffering. And that just, that seems so backward to me. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't feel, it's not lifting yourself up right. and it's not lifting around you up. I mean, it's not doing anybody any good. So no. yeah, I 100% agree that we, maybe this that could be occurring now where we're able to not commute as much and and we're again this might be an opportunity for us to shift that perspective in this country and start to live a little more start to enjoy things more and savor the moments that you're having a meal savor the moments that you're with your family or friends instead of the rushing around that isn't getting us ahead you know we've seen that it's just we're 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 unhealthy as, as a country and who, who's it serving by wearing that badge? Right. Nobody, nobody, nobody at all. You know, I, I, I'm curious if you've felt this way in the past. I, I think it really comes down to a scarcity mentality or, you know, a false sense of scarcity where you find yourself riding high. I mean, just something really good just happened and you're, you're so excited about it, but there is that, that sense of dread in the back of your mind that you just cannot push back far enough that the other, the, the, the other shoe is going to drop something bad is going to happen. So the universe can balance itself out. I used to feel that way all the time. And I think as I've started to develop a little bit more emotional intelligence that has gone away, I haven't noticed it nearly as much before, but I do remember all too well, just the, the feeling that, Oh, 
crap, I, I am so happy right now. Something bad is surely going to happen. Have you ever felt that that same way? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's very hard to to trust, to trust that things actually could go your way or that it could be easy or that you don't have to work, you know, 10 hours a day and feel super stressed out to have a good outcome. And yeah, there's that feeling that it, even if it goes good now, it can't last. It won't last. But I, I think the, what I have worked hard is being really conscious of who I'm surrounding myself with. Yeah. And that's on a professional level, but it's on a personal level too. And on the professional level, you know, using those mentors where it, it is, they still have success. They still are doing it and they're doing it the way that I would want to do it, which is not going through anxiety, which I have had past, um, you know, I did have anxiety attacks and, in my, for about a year. And so I, I intimately know what that's like to be so depleted and to not feel your best self. And it's all fear and worry when really it doesn't have to be that way. And so how does it, how is it not that way? Surround yourself around people that truly are either the, a better version of yourself. They're where you want to go. And they also make you feel good. You know, it does come down to this feeling how does it feel to be around these people and if they're naysayers or negative or look really stressed i don't want to hang out with them I, that's not who i want my my professional mentor to be with or who i want to call when i want to collaborate or go on do a project or talk business you know i'm not calling i'm calling i'm selective and that that has helped me get over that feeling of you know, the ball dropping or this is too good to be true. When's it going to end? Absolutely. And it's, it's funny you mentioned it that way. Um, I, I spoke briefly with your friend Addie a couple of days ago, um, who we're going to be talking with, uh, I'm going to be talking with next week. And uh, real quick, how, how do you guys know each other again? Yeah. I mean, she, when you say her name, I smile. That's I mean, good. she's so, she's, she's one of the ones, I mean, that's who I'll call and she's, She's a wonderful, you know, friend and colleague. Um, and you'll see once you talk to her too, I know you already have talked a little bit. She's, she's wonderful. So um, we know, let's see, I met her um, a few, I think it's been about a year and a half and we were, it was a mutual friend. So we were at a beach birthday party at, of a mutual friend and then we just hit it off. And so we've become really good friends. That's wonderful. Um, and so- yeah. So with Amber too, Amber, Addie and I were at a, a networking event and we met Amber. I can't remember if Addie already knew Amber, but that's where I met Amber. And so it's been, it's been fun to have these women in my life too. Absolutely. I'm feeling so thankful for knowing, well, I guess Amber first and foremost, because she's introduced me to you, uh, to Addie and just an incredible network of these amazing women. So I, I feel very lucky for that. Um, but the, the point I wanted to make, you know, when I, when I did speak with Addie briefly, uh, she talked, we were talking about diets, but then we, we kind of parlayed that into, you know, a life application. And we talked about adding what we say, adding good. So the bad falls away. And I think to, to the point you just made when it comes to people adding more and more, I guess, good for lack of a better term people to your life makes you realize that the, how much of a detrimental effect the toxic people are having in your lives. And that, that I can't overstate how important that is. Yeah, it is. It is. And you, you do become more aware as your, I don't want to say the word vibration because it sounds so woohoo, <laughs> but like, you know, as your yeah. vibration yeah. increases, you start to, it's almost like you're, more sensitive to that because you're like, whoa, it, it's almost in your face, like how toxic or negative things are. They become more, you, you just have a radar for it. You do. Um, and you make a different choice. You know, you start, oh, wait, it, I like, I like this group over here. I don't, I'm not going to hang out with that person so much anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, replacing, I love that concept, replacing the good and that's that's a, a 
concept too, even with, you know, you don't want to deprive yourself of things and think of all the things that you can't have or don't have, even when it comes to diet, you know, like I can't have this, I'm going on a diet. Oh, I can't, now I can't eat sugar or chocolate, you know, all my favorite things. No, it's what you get to have. You get to make these choices of these great foods, these other choices. And this is all the new expanded version of what you get to do. Yeah. And that's, that's a mind Jedi mind trick, but it works so well. Think of all the things that we don't have or can't have or aren't doing or the ways we feel deprived, but it's like, wait a minute, there's this whole other side. It's all the things you get to do, all the things that you get to try, the new experiences, the new possibilities, the new feelings, the new cravings, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you're absolutely right. It is, it is a Jedi mind trick. And that reminds me, you know, as I, I, I so often allude to, I, I say very vaguely four or five years ago, because at this point it's kind of a blur, you know, just thinking back to the person that I, I used to be. And, uh, I remember one of the first really constructive changes I made in my life well, there, I mean, there were a few of them, and one of the biggest ones was actually listening to podcasts. But uh, through Tim Ferriss, who's a, a huge podcaster, um, I learned about, I guess I became aware of complaining and how much complaining and being negative affected my life. And so he he had this exercise that he got from somebody else where every or he had a silicon rape bracelet on, and so every time he complained, he would consciously take the bracelet off one wrist and put it on the other wrist. And so the idea was to go out of 20 or 30 days without having to switch wrists. And so I did that. And I remember like, I remember the first weekend I I was going camping of all things. And I remember how pent up I felt. I felt like I, I can't complain. This is terrible. I hate this. But after about a week or something, I just, I started to feel so much lighter and so much yeah, like you said, like having a better vibration about myself because I was conscious that how I became conscious of how negative of an effect complaining was to me and how that fed into my negative emotions. And it, it's that that change has forever since been so profound and given me such a, a, a more positive outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really and and you know, just the things that you're doing, I have to give you like some props too. I mean, this is amazing. This podcast, this platform, I know this takes so much work. Um, and it's a, you know, it's almost like a passion project to be doing this. So you, you know, we have to thank you too. And just for what you're putting out there, because look at, look at all the things that you've done and now what you're emanating. It's just, it's really neat to see. And, and I love that. I love that awareness and, I've had that that same thing of, yeah, I think a lot of us complain all the time. And if we really took time to notice how much, we wouldn't want to hang out with our own selves. Right. We'd be sick of it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I, I have a less, a not as nice version of the, of the bracelet thing. <laughs> it's, and I just wrote a little blog on this not too long ago. It's, you, you have a rubber band on your wrist. Yeah. And then whenever, have a negative thought you snap it <laughs> so it's not it. as nice as his version because you're like <laughs> snapping your wrist but it's that same thing it's just bringing the awareness to wow I, I I really do have a lot of negative thoughts or worry thoughts or complaining thoughts and that's the first step to change Absolutely. is bring awareness and then you can make the change yeah while I'm thinking about it, please send me that that article so I can I'll put it in the show notes here so people can read that as well. Yeah, I will. Cool. And so I want to talk. You know, when we first got connected, uh, you obviously gave me some information on yourself, which I appreciated. And I know it. And I I don't mean to laugh at that, but over your over the decades, you have seemed to have different themes in your life in which you were working on yourself, and most recently. Uh, you talked about anxiety and how it was crippling to you. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that felt and how you broke through that? Because I, I hear, and I, I'm not, I'm not immune to it, but I, I hear so many people talking about crippling anxiety. And actually we had a, um, a, a guy named, um, 
or he's a, he's a, he's is the anxiety relief guy. He's a hypnotist. And he was on the podcast, I don't know, 10 or 15, 20 episodes ago, really great guy. And just, it, it really puts a point on how big of a problem that I don't want to say it has become, because I'm sure it has been a problem for a long, long time, but how much attention it's getting now probably because of the internet, but do you want to talk about your experience with anxiety and you know, how you dealt with that? Yeah, yeah, sure. And and I agree. It's become a little bit of a buzzword. And, you know, I certainly don't want to diminish like, you know, clinical anxiety sure. where people are really, really, um, you know, there's clinical anxiety and then there's anxiety where anxiety and what I've experienced and what I think a lot of people do experience is just um, feeling feeling wired, but tired, feeling kind of out of control, this, this feeling of out of control. You don't have control of your time. You don't have control of your day. Your your health doesn't feel good. It's, I think that that is a lot of what anxiety is, how it shows up in our society. And it's also a sign, like we mentioned Americans, this overworking, but it's no connection. You know, there's just no connection. We're not slowing down enough to actually connect, connect to our bodies, connect to the people we're with. You know, we've got social media I and mean, we've got such a fast pace in these demands that we're all responding right away to everything. When someone texts, when yeah. to an Instagram thing, I mean, you got to be responding and responding and responding. And so it gets you anxious, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. And so the anxiety that I had was, I, I tell this story. I mean, I remember I was sitting on the this cold ballet floor at my daughter's class, ballet class, and my heart just started beating. So just your your heart, my heart just started beating really fast. I'm clammy, I'm cold, but I'm kind of sweating. Right. And oh my gosh, am I gonna faint? You know, here, here we go. What is this? Do I do I have to call 911? And I had to turn to a complete stranger and tell her something wasn't right. I just, I don't feel quite right. Yeah. And I had ended up calling my husband. He drove me and my daughter home because I did not feel safe driving home five minutes yeah. from the YMCA to my house. Um, and, you know, that ended up being a year of, of anxiety attacks. And when you're in an anxiety attack, it's a physical sensation with your body and you, you, it's, almost difficult to explain for people that haven't had them, but they're debilitating. You feel like you can't move, but then you're wired. And so, and sometimes it, it's a racing of a heart. That's why people do think it's, um, you know, like a heart attack or something, but you feel like uh, another way to describe it is you feel numb and it's a really scary place to feel numb. And so what, what it ended up, what my lesson was out of all of this was your body has warning signs. It'll give you warning signs and it's going to knock really quietly and it's going to keep knocking quietly and it's going to keep knocking quietly. And then if you don't listen, it's going to yell. And that was what that was. It was my my body yelling, just saying, what are you doing? And so I went down to basics, back to basics, and I used tools that I had known. And and so I do, I've developed programs around helping people um, free themselves from anxiety, get healthier, feel calmer, feel better. And it's it's natural, natural ways. And um, so I just, I made a lot of shifts. I made lifestyle shifts. I reached out. Um, I talk about these three C's, connection, um, confidence, and calmness. And so I reached out to people that believe that, that you feel safe talking to. That can be healthcare practitioners. You really got to get your supportive team around you and not someone who's just going to say, oh, you know, did you try to get more sleep? Oh, did you... Wow, uh, you know, so you want to you want to vocalize this to people that are supportive in your life and that it feels safe to do that. Right. And then the the confidence piece, I went back to you know my my mental tools, my tools of 
believing in myself, knowing I can change, how powerful our minds are. Our minds are so powerful. And we just, we haven't even tapped into that potential. And there's people talking about this potential, but it's, it's so exciting, you know? And so just remembering that you are powerful. You're, you, we can do this. And it's through going in your own mind as scary as that can feel, but letting all that come up. Absolutely. And so just tapping into the confidence of doing things that make you feel better. You know, that's another way to build confidence, doing things that, that you feel good doing. Um, and then the calmness piece is just getting those, those tools. For me, it's walking in nature, yoga, meditation, being in the ocean, you know, I've got, I've got my tools, taking a bath, being, being in warm water. I mean, those, these are my, my things, but find your things. Um, and so, so yeah, I I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I know it's real (laughs) and it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's its own pandemic. So, um, Yeah. yeah, I, my heart goes out to people. And like I said, I've, I've made it my passion to, to help and to, to create all of my tools that I've now built up over years and uh, yeah, created programs around that. I love that. I love the idea of, a, and again, talking about buzzwords, self-care, but I mean, it is important, but having a, a self-care toolkit and knowing, I mean, it's, it, it's going to be different for everybody. I mean, as, as you, as you mentioned, I, um, was it, I was, shoot, you had, you have somebody in your life who has tried meditation, but just doesn't work for them. Who was that? Yeah, my cousin. Your yeah. cousin, that's right. Yeah, so obviously some people, I, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people will give meditation the chance that it deserves, but it doesn't work for some people, and that's completely fine. But knowing what does work for you is so incredibly important. Like you said, going outside for a walk, going into the ocean, so many of these things have to do with nature. And I think in the society where we're glued to our screens, it's so important. It's more important than ever just to unplug. And, you know, we haven't had that opportunity to do a little bit more of that over the last eight months. I think uh, hopefully a lot of people were able to make, to, to be, to be cliche, uh, eliminate out of, out of lemons and, you know, really see the light and how important it is to, you know, take care of yourself first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, there, there, I read in outside magazine, it was actually, uh, probably two years ago now, but I was like, okay, hello. Finally, it was real, you know, Western medical doctors are, are prescribing. Oh, which means get outside it's prescription or prescription N I forgot what it was called, but it was either prescription O or N, but basically nature, get outside, go in nature that's what we're prescribing you to do. And I was like, hallelujah, <laughs> finally, you know, people yeah. are hopping on to how simple, because also the other thing is, is if you are feeling overwhelmed and anxious, the last thing you want to do is go do some overwhelming thing. Right. That is now I got to go, you know, do all these different things and I got to meditate for an hour and I got to do this and I got to do that. No, no, you know, like it doesn't have to be that complicated. Let's, right. let's really simplify it and then make it work for you custom, you know, and then you're, that's, that's the key. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, it's no secret to anybody who listens to the podcast, who listens to this podcast that Ryan Holiday, uh, he is my favorite author and he's wrote books like Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, Stillness is the Key, um, and a bunch of others. And so most recently I read Stillness is the Key and that inspired me. And I really need to get back into this habit to leave my phone in my apartment take an hour to to walk down to that quarry that I mentioned to just stare at the water and not to do anything else but just let my mind wander it's to me it's the opposite of meditation I'm not trying to you know still my thoughts I'm I just letting my mind wander looking at the water and I remember on on several occasions I would just sit there and I would almost be in tears because of how much joy that that stillness brought to me and I, I just don't think enough people let themselves slow down just just for a little bit yeah. And like you said, something really key, creative, let, let my mind wander, yeah. like let my mind go to, you know, that's, that's, that's so important too. And you're right. I mean, we don't, we, none of us leave these, these beautiful, you know, iPhone devices that have made our life wonderful in one sense, but 
really out of whack in the other sense. And it's just, the world isn't going to fall apart if you don't have your phone for an hour. Yeah. Oh, and I and know. look at how cool, what could, look at what could happen. Yeah. You could have so many amazing things that happen on that walk and just, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. So I am curious, you know, you, you have, you have a daughter and so what, what, what of these tools are you instilling in her or are you kind of letting her discover life and meditation or, or stillness or any of these things that we just talked about, you know, in, herself, how, I, I don't have kids, so I, I can't relate, but how are you helping shape her worldview? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we could flip that. How is she helping me shape my view? Yes. Um, which, yeah, I, I, I definitely am trying to be, really do what, do what I do, not what I say, you know, so just really have, try to live by example and, and show up with her present and really be with her. I mean, it is difficult. We're all working, you know, being an entrepreneur, me being, you know, self-employed entrepreneur, it's, it's, it's tricky. I mean, you are, there's a lot of responsibilities and, and the phone is such a big part but trying to really disconnect, be with her and enjoy. I did have her later in life. Um, I was considered, you know, advanced maternal age when I had her. And so I think that that gave me a little bit of a, um, um, just a little wisdom there, just because I took the advice of people when they said this happened so fast, like, you know, gosh, my kid, I'd have old older, you know, men come up to me at the beach and be like, Oh, enjoy that. It happened so fast. I mean, everybody was saying it. And so I, I've tried to do that. Um, you know, she sees me meditate. She sees my morning practice. She sees me teach yoga. She sees yoga being a part of my life. But I think, I think the presence key is important and really being with her, listening to them enjoying their presence outside. We, we do things outside a lot at the yeah. beach. Um, and then, and then she's really taught me a lot. Just they, kids are so aware and they just, they're, they're, they're real. They're there, you know, they're present. And she loves little rocks and, and crystals and things like that. And so that made me realize, wow, there's, these these rocks i mean there's so much energy in rocks yeah and nature um and just so trying to be playful and and i, I guess that's it really the, the word that keeps coming up for me is just being present with them yeah and i think that is what that is what going to teach them more about anything about self-care and tools and and having her see how i take care of myself and that it's not always perfect. And I have stressful times and get angry. I have all the human emotions that we all have, but I know how to kind of check in Absolutely. and go take care of myself. That's incredible. That's, um, that's gotta be really rewarding to, I mean, like you said, you know, I asked the question in, in what ways are you shaping her worldview, but you flipped it on its head right away, which I really love because you learn so much from not only people who are different, from you, but from people who are, are similar, obviously come from, from the same line, the same family, but people who are seeing the world in a whole new way because it's still fresh in their eyes and they're still innocent and they still, they're able to interpret the things that are going around, going on around them in a whole different light. So that's really cool to, to hear the way that uh, you're experiencing that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right, Kristen, before we wrap up, what are, like, what are you working on right now? What, what has been your primary focus? Um, I, I guess we could say throughout the pandemic, I, I know meditation has been a huge part of that, but you know, what is it that you're really trying to enact in yourself and others and the people you work with? Okay. So just kind of my own personal, like, like, like personal transformation yeah. or professionally well, or, okay. Well, personal. Yeah. Um, I think the personal transformation that I'm really trying to work on is, is beliefs and how attached we are. And I've really been examining this, um, you know, it just feels divided and then we feel like we have to really speak our beliefs and almost to the point of 
of not that it gets nasty, but, but judgmental. Yeah. Um, and so I have just been really trying to turn the judgment into curiosity. Yes. Um, and just check myself, you know, check just because I believe it doesn't mean that everybody else has to believe it or even that it's true. Right. I mean, that we could debate on that. And so those, those are my, like my kind of current things that I'm working on personally. Um, and professionally it's, it's this wake up method. I, I had a lot of insights come out through the quarantine and through meditation, my meditation practice. And it just, I ended up just developing this method. I was creatively writing and wrote a lot about it. And I have two people going through it and it's, it's waking up, you know, you could, you could say that on a spiritual level, are we waking up? How are you waking up in your life? Um, just spiritually or, or personally. Um, and then on a little, very practical level, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? What is the first thing? What are the first few things you do? So that is a program that I've been I'm currently working on right now. That's amazing. Um, I know this is going to, is, I don't know. I don't know how this question is going to come off or how it's going to feel, but at what point do you consider somebody? I I, I, I want to shy away from the word woke. That's not the connotation I'm trying to portray here. But at what point do you consider somebody who has actually woken up from their prior selves and are are really willing to push themselves in the in the direction in which they want to go? Mm, that's a good question. Um, well, I had a friend. I have a friend, and he broke his, I have two examples for this. I have a friend who broke his neck surfing um, and he was, he walked around with a broken neck for two days and he did not know this and he, his neck hurt. He went into the hospital. They said, you've been walking around. It's a miracle that you're not paralyzed. We need, you need immediate neck surgery. Um, And so he got the spinal surgery. Um, He does a lot of work now giving back for spinal cord research and um, the the Satnik foundation. It's a great foundation. He's just, he really stepped up and feels so grateful that he, you know, is in the position he's in and helps others. And he said something so interesting to me because someone came up to him and said that someone had just broke, someone had broke their neck. They want, can he call them and help them? through this. And my friend said, you know, have him call me. And then when, after that, we were talking and I said, Oh, that was interesting. You know, you, the way you said that. And he said, when they're ready to do the work, they'll call me and I will, and I'm show up and I'll give them everything I got. But if they're not, if I call them and it's there, they won't be ready to do what they need to do. Yeah. And it just was so profound in a way because we have to be ready to do it ourselves and show up. And then you reach out to all those resources that are available to you because there are so many, but you got to be, you got to be the one swimming towards the lifeguard. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That is extremely profound. I, Oh, that's, that's amazing. Um, I love hearing that. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's waking up. That's waking up when you know that you do it and you seek it and then you reach out to it and then boom, it's all there. Yeah. And that's when things happen. That's incredible. So if there is somebody listening somewhere in the world and they are really resonating with your message and what the, the the positivity that you're bringing to to this planet, and I guess the, the question is if if you, if there were any resources out there that you could use to continue growing, and somebody happens to hear this say, "Hey, I can help Kristen grow. I can help build her program." What what resources would those be to help you continue on in your mission? Well, for me, it's. I think it's some of the the technical stuff, kind of getting getting the message out there. Yeah. Um, I, I I feel like I've worked on the mental side of being scared to show up in the world, um, and now it's just those those practical things, those very practical 
heart-centered entrepreneurial business tools. I yeah. mean, that's what I, I, those next steps is what I'm doing, just get, helping me get the message out there online in an online pl- platform or bigger um, because I know what I want to say. I know Absolutely. what I've got. I feel confident in, you know, who I am as an individual now. And I want to interact with those same people yeah. doing good in the world, such as yourself, such as the people you've been, you've interviewed. And, you know, that's, that's the next level for me. That's where, where I want to go. So that's amazing. If, if that answers question. It does. And I I will do my small part, whatever I can do to help you grow. That's, that's what's important to me. So I'm I'm happy to do so. Thank you. It's been so great. I really, again, I I appreciate what you're doing too. Well, thank you for saying that. And it has been wonderful. And before I, before I do let you go, as I warned you, my favorite question to ask, because I, I use it as a way for myself to continue growing. When I talk with all these intelligent and inspiring people, you know, there's a reason for, there's a reason they've gotten to that point in their lives. And uh, some of it may often be because of the books they've read. And so I'm always curious to know, what book, if you could name one, has had the most influential or life-changing effect on your life and why? And we, we talked about this briefly, and I have heard of this book, and I've had it mentioned before, so I'm, I'm excited to hear what it is and you know why it's, it's changed your life. Yes, so it's the uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dis- Dispenza, and it is... I mean, I loved the technical geeky parts of like your brain and and how it works and how it takes in information. And so he goes into a lot of that in the beginning of the book. And, you know, some might find it boring, but, but for me, it was very interesting. And he does that specifically so that he can prep you up for the second portion of the book, which is the action that you'll take. And so he has a meditation. And let me tell you, this meditation is an hour and 10 minutes. It's no joke. (laughs) And it is. um, And so I ended up practicing after I read the book, I did go through and do the meditation. And that was when I did do the meditation at 12 o'clock, middle of the day, because it wasn't working to do it in the morning for an hour and 10 minutes, meditate every day. Um, But I was able to do it most days. And it's a specific meditation. You're really going through these different parts of yourself. And I just, I really unlocked both the good and the bad, but like the the, the self-limiting belief side of myself and what was kind of holding me back. And he really wants you to sit in that for, for like, you know, whatever, 10 minutes, nine minutes of the meditation and then goes into the creating. What do you want to create? The manifestation part. So it's this very diverse, long meditation. Yeah. But I, I just had so many profound breakthroughs that literally happened immediately in my life. I saw immediate things happen as a result of doing the meditations for that month. So I, I still keep saying to myself, I want to do that every year because yeah. it just felt it's like people that you hear that they go to those um, silent retreats, 10 yes. day silent retreats. Yeah. And just, you know, it, it was, it was that kind of a moment for me. So that was, that was a great book. I mean, it prepped me up and then I did the the actual application of it. And so I would recommend it to anybody. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I've had it on my list and it's, it's going to be bumped to the top of it because that, that sounds incredible. And I, I have, I do have an interest in a, in a silent meditation retreat at some point in my life, hopefully sooner rather than later, but, um, to, to have that sort of profound, huge impact on your life from a book and from a meditation. Um, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Kristen, thank you again so incredibly much for doing this. If anybody who's listening wants to get a hold of you, they want to know about the programs that you're, you're putting out there into the world, what is the best way to, to reach you, whether on social media or website, whatever works best for you? Yes, um, I do have my website. It's Kristen Kurtz, K-U-R-T-Z, coaching.com. And then Instagram is the same thing, Kristen Kurtz Coaching. And, um, I have Facebook as well. I'm a little more responsive on Instagram. So I would say, yeah, I would love to hear from people and they can email or reach out on Instagram. Perfect. 
Well, again, Kristen, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. This has been a really incredible conversation. I've really enjoyed meeting you. Thank you, Trey. Same. Thank you. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to Kristen for joining me on the podcast. If you would like to learn more about Kristen and her coaching, you can find her on social media at Kristen Kurtz Coaching and of course at her website, KristenKurtzCoaching.com. As always, be sure to check the show notes for all of the additional resources that we mentioned. You can find those in your podcast player or at the mosaiclifepodcast.com. If you're on Apple Podcasts, I would be forever grateful if you would leave a five-star review. That helps others just like yourselves find the Mosaic Life Podcast. Thank you all again so incredibly much for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I truly appreciate it. And I would love to talk with you if you would like to follow me on Instagram. It's at Trey Kaufman, T-R-E-Y-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. And of course, you can find the podcast on Facebook. Just search for The Mosaic Life Podcast. Thank you all again. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.